Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Jesus People Places podcast. I just recorded the most heartfelt episode where I shared my testimony. It was like an hour long. And of course, I cried while explaining it. Like it was an emotional roller coaster for me to talk about my testimony. And I go to edit the audio and the audio is completely trash. Like can't even understand what I'm saying. So we've got a change of topic because I felt like I should share my testimony, but I didn't pray about it. So I'm taking that as it's not the right time yet. And we're going to talk about something different. So I wasn't planning on talking about this today. I was planning on sharing my testimony with you guys. That's going to come up a later date now. Today we're going to talk about dating because that's such a fun topic to talk about. I think dating as a Christian is such an interesting time. I have been a relationship girl pretty much all of my life. I have only really been single from last June, July time to now. And I have been like single, single, like I haven't really dated anyone, just been single. I've done things right. I've done things wrong in dating. So I want to talk a little bit about it. And then I want to really dive into standards within dating too. So this is going to be a good episode. Don't forget, leave us a review down below. It's so helpful for other people to find this podcast. And I would just love you so much for it. Anyways, I remember being in my discipleship group when I was four years into a relationship, telling all of these girls in their 20s what they should be looking for. Being like, you need this and you need to expect this and you need this and da da da, whatever. My only experience of dating was dating a high school boy. And since being single in my 20s, wow, my eyes have been opened up to everything. If you are someone who has just been in a relationship since you were a kid, it is so different, you guys. Like, so different. I'm honestly so glad I'm able to experience this because it's so interesting. Like, the idea of being single in your 20s in 2023, oh boy, is it a time. I had no idea how human beings were. I had no idea how dating apps worked. Now I know all these things. So I'm going to give a little debrief. I definitely post breakup. I was told so many things by friends that, well, your life plan isn't over. Like I knew this girl. It's like that show. Like he's just not that into you. I had so many people tell me, well, you could still get married by like 24, 25. I knew this girl who broke up with her boyfriend of a super long time and then met the love of her life. They got married and now they have babies and they're so happy. I walked out of my breakup season being like, yes, that's going to be me. I think I was on a dating app within like a month after we broke up. Granted, he had already had a new girlfriend. So in my brain, I was kind of using that as an excuse being like, well, he's healed. So like, surely like I'm fine. Like it's, it's okay. Started talking to a guy and was like, he's the one, he's it. LOL, that's so funny. Then another one, he's it, he's the one, like not actually. But in my brain, I was like, 
this is, this is great. Like, awesome. I had no idea. Then December comes, another guy. It, it seemed like the first couple was like, we'd go on like two or three dates. And the next one, it was like three or four. And then it would fizzle out. I'd ghost him, he'd ghost me, one or the other. The boys who liked me too much, I didn't like. Boys who didn't like me enough, of course I liked. And it was this, it was an interesting time. I then moved to England and did not date for those five months. I realized I needed to heal. Um, I think that is so important if you're getting out of a relationship, especially if you're getting out of a relationship that you've been in since high school. Get ready for the dating world because it is a world that you are not going to be used to. So please take the proper time to heal. I did not. It took me like, I did like three months of dating and then was like, no, just kidding. I'm actually not ready. I was lying to myself thinking that I am. I need more time of healing. And then I was able to take about four months abroad, was super healed by the end of that and now feel like I'm in a really good place to be dating again. So I have been all around the block when it comes to dating. When I first got back into dating, I had these super high standards being like, my husband has to have all of these things and that's exactly what I'm looking for. And then a couple months into the dating world, I was like, well, men kind of suck. Like the bare minimum is actually kind of okay with me. And if he was just nice and took me on a good date, that was good with me. Why? No, no reason. Like, no good reason. I have no good reason for thinking that. But hearing friends talk about guys they're dating, when everyone's kind of going on dates with guys who aren't that great, you're like, okay, this is kind of the best it's going to get. And you fully believe that. When I moved back to the States, I knew I was fully ready to start dating again. I felt like I was in a good place where I was fully healed and I was able to fully give myself to a person. Before, in the fall, I was not going to be a great girlfriend if I had gotten into a relationship with anyone. Timing-wise, it just wouldn't have worked out. However, this summer, I knew I was ready. So I got back on dating apps because... How the heck else do you meet someone, especially when you don't go out? And I more just wanted to see where I was at. I'm like, I want to see my confidence levels with this. I have no idea how I'm even going to act on a date. I haven't been on a date in months. I think I'm ready, but I feel like I need to go on a date to see if I'm actually ready. And genuinely, I just want to get to know people. Like, I love getting to know anyone and everyone. So I enjoyed it for that aspect. I realized I was able to step into dating with this whole new confidence that I definitely did not have in the fall. I was able to walk into dating being like, do I like this person? Not, I'm not worried about, oh my gosh, I think he's really cute. Like, does he like me? No, I'm looking to, I'm taking the pressure off of myself. Do I like them? Like I'm asking questions to figure out if we'd be compatible because when you're looking at marriage and like dating and the purpose of what's going to be glorifying the Lord and what's going to be beneficial to my life, it takes the pressure off of like, I like you, you like me. It's like, no, are we compatible? And like, could we walk through this life together? You know, like don't waste anyone's time if you're not. Sure, we'll talk and get to know somebody, but at the end of the day, my list of non-negotiables is there when it comes to who I want my future husband to be. And 
I just kind of want to dive into this. It's an analogy that one of my friends from high school came up with or one of his friends came up with. And I've made every single one of my friends go through this because I believe it is so important to know what you're looking for. And I think a lot of girls have posted, especially Christian girls, post like, I have this list of non-negotiables. And the list is like so long. And it's everything from like, has to be 6'3", has to look like this, has to have two brothers, has to whatever. And it's like, that is not attainable. Like, sure you might like hit the lottery and get that perfect man that you've described, but ultimately like, there's not gonna be everything checked off of that list. However, this analogy that my friend came up, which is called the cupcake theory, which all of my friends are gonna love that I'm talking about this because I've talked about them so, so much. And it's really sweet and a really cool thing now. My friends who are in serious relationships or are engaged to be married, they look at their cupcake and they're like, yeah, he, he checks a lot of the boxes. And specifically, he checks all of the non-negotiable ones on here. So I want to dive into what the cupcake is and maybe I'll give a couple examples of some of mine. This is not my most recent one. I have a more recent one. So the cupcake analogy is essentially something for you and it's also something to share with friends. So if you don't wanna go on dating apps or if you don't wanna meet people at random places, a lot of times we can meet people through like friends or through family members, things like that. So making sure that people in your life know what you're looking for and if they meet someone, oh my gosh, hey, this you're kind of exactly what this girl I know is looking for. You don't say this to them, obviously, but you're able to, you know, have other people join you guys together, which is a really cool thing. It also keeps you in check. When your friends know what your non-negotiables are and you're talking to a guy who does not check them at all, they are able to call that out on you at a very early stage too, which I think is really cool. If your friends are able to pick up of like, hey, he doesn't have this and this is a non-negotiable for you, you're able to call it off before feelings are even too far involved, which is awesome. I've realized I say, which is a really cool thing all of the time on this podcast. So I'm trying not to say that as much because, you know, the cupcake. It is understood that the wrapper of this cupcake is Jesus. So this was created by a Christian. So I guess ignore that part if you're not a Christian, but the wrapper is Jesus. Like that is more than a non-negotiable. That is a must that like you guys are equally yoked and like you're on the same page when it comes to Jesus. The next part is the batter. The batter is the most important part of the cupcake and you actually like mix the batter, whatever, make it, and then it sits in the oven too. Like it has time where it's sitting in the oven alone without anything else. It is the most important thing. And then Additionally, which I'm gonna add, which is really annoying, but I think it's really cool that the batter of the cupcake is baking and is like being put in fire because when you think about it, your marriage is going to go through fire. Like it's gonna go through trials and that's how ultimately something is refined. So if you're going through these hard trials, these non-negotiables, these character traits is what is going to help your marriage withstand all of the hard trials that you're gonna walk through together. It's not the superficial things like if he's cute or if he's tall or anything like that, it's those character things. Side note. So for instance, a couple things that I have on my non-negotiables are that he's humble, that he has a servant heart, he has very much teacher qualities, 
works out, cares about his health, has a good relationship with food, loves my brother. I have his lived abroad on my non-negotiables. That's probably my like most hot take. Um, prioritizes scripture, doesn't have a temper, and I'm gonna stop there even though I have about 20 more things on my non-negotiables because I don't need all y'all knowing what all my non-negotiables are. Next up is the icing of the cupcake, which is the second most important part. Bring the batter out of the oven, you let it cool, and let's ice the cupcake. So the icing are hobbies, things that you are just genuinely attracted to when a guy does, and they're important, but if he doesn't have a lot of these, it's not a big deal because they're not the batter. But they're the second most important, so obviously you're gonna enjoy this person a lot more if they have these qualities. I think they can be hobbies, but they also can be some characteristics about them if they're like a really important thing to you. But nothing superficial and nothing appearance-wise goes in your batter. I will say that. Can't put anything appearance-wise in your batter. At the end of the day, being six foot is not going to matter when you're fighting a spiritual battle. You know, when you're fighting a physical battle. It might though, so it is important. <laughs> Besides the point. Some of the things that are in my icing are he's <laughs> he has good style. Um, he's not redneck. Good. Uh, has sisters. Is a foodie. Has kind eyes and is creative. I totally put researcher in there too. I had researcher under my non-negotiables as well. I guess I had teacher qualities. Okay, so I also have researcher. So those are a couple of mine. Um, I don't really have too many when in terms of that, but I feel like a lot of this. Oh, I also have reads. I love a man who reads books. Lastly are these sprinkles. They are not important in the grand scheme of things, but we all have our preferences, you know, like we all have our type and more than your type. Like we have what we're attracted to and that's an okay thing. Like I was saying, people make these giant lists of non-negotiables and says like, he has to be 6'3". It's like, no, he doesn't. But that is still allowed to be an important thing to you. It's just a sprinkle, it's not the batter, you know? Some of the things in my sprinkles are that he's like blonde or brown hair. That's just typically what I'm more attracted to. Um, is over six foot, likes coffee, randomly, and does not play baseball. Oh, also has good teeth. Yeah, those are a couple of mine. Actually, those are all of mine, all of my sprinkles. I really don't have that many. Um, I'm really just a, just a height girl, if I'm gonna be completely honest. I would like a man over six foot. I'm assuming mostly just girls listen to this podcast, so I'm really hoping for the best that I don't get attacked by any guys for saying that, yes, I would like a man who's over six foot. Last but not least, my personal favorite part is the cherry on top. And the cherry on top is just something silly. It's actually not important at all, but it's fun to know what your friend's cherry on top is because it's like this ridiculous thing that actually you would never ask for anyone to ask for. You would never ask anyone to actually have this, but if they do, it's like, you'll, you'll throw this list out and you're marrying them. Again, as a joke, like we're not ditching out character things. Know my humor, please. Can we guess what mine is? Because I feel like 80% of you guys could. I'm gonna let you guys think on this for a second. 
Okay, your second sub. My my cherry on top is that he owns a sailboat. Because that would just be dream life, you know? We all know this. I'm obsessed with sailboats, and if he's got a sailboat, then yeah, we're we're getting married tomorrow, actually. Fantastic. I just think this cupcake analogy is so helpful, mostly for accountability. Because no matter where you're searching for guys, you're able to run them by the standard list of do you actually check my boxes? So I want every single one of you right now to pull out a piece of paper and write down your cupcake and send this episode to a friend. Tell them to listen, understand what the cupcake analogy is, and then send them your cupcake because all of your friends should have your cupcake, every single one of them. And if this changes over time, it changes over time. Like it just happens. But those non-negotiables really should be things that are going to stay and like are for good and are solid, like written in stone. It's also a lot of fun, which I've done like twice, but putting little dots next to like which ones you notice he has, like when you're dating being like, okay, I noticed this one yet. He definitely doesn't have this or I haven't been able to notice this yet. And visibly tracking as you're dating someone like as you go on dates and continue to learn more about the person you're running them by this list it's not a crazy thing to run them by your list of standards but it makes it more of like an analytical decision not so much basing it off of your feelings because your feelings can be deceitful especially if they're cute like i'm sorry if you're attracted to a boy you're gonna be like yeah i'm in love with you no be in love with this boy, not the boy you just think is attractive. Also know like within your 20s, you're gonna go through different seasons of dating. Like certain months, you're gonna want to date and go on a ton of dates. And that's not a bad thing. Like I don't think it's bad to meet a ton of people. Like at the end of the day, like a date can be so beneficial whether you're moving forward or whether you're not. Like you're still figuring out things about yourself on a date and you're learning about another person, which is very cool. Other times you'll be like me right now. Like I haven't gone on a date since August and I'm so content. Like I have no desire to really be dating right now at all. And like, that's okay. And honestly, it's a really cool thing too. Like if you've been in this position before, it's honestly kind of fun for people to ask you like, Hey, what's the boy update? And for three months now, I've been like nothing, like nothing at all. Let's talk about something else. I truthfully wish you guys the best of luck in dating in your 20s because it is a roller coaster. But I think one thing we can all agree on, and I want to hold all of you to this, is we're not doing situationships in our 20s. Like, there are too many girls in these sucky situationships. Like, if a guy has not made his intentions so clear of, hey, I want to date you, get out of there. Like, genuinely get out of there. And he might even be telling you, yeah, I like you, I have feelings for you. Like, all of these certain things. But if he is not so clear, literally skirt out of there. Like you do not need to be going on a million dates with someone before they commit to you. You just simply do not. Like dating is a deep thing, yes, but also dating is figuring out if you want to marry someone or not. Like that's what it is. It doesn't need to be this like huge crazy thing. You know, like you don't need to know if you're gonna marry this person before you start dating them. Should you be intentional and like figure out their character beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. Like be cautious in who you date, but also you're allowed to date people and not marry them. I don't think that goes against 
dating for marriage because it makes a lot more sense to be dating someone have that commitment to them of we are intentionally giving time to just one another get to know one another in a very serious way if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out you break up you're not married stop treating dating like marriage it's not marriage marriage is marriage that's why i think as well it's important to not do the things in dating that you do in marriage that might be a more hot take, but honestly, there's like scientific studies. If you read the book, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, it talks all about that. And honestly, it's a fantastic book that you should read whether you're single, dating, engaged, or married. It's so good. Last thing that I wanna say, and then we'll wrap up this episode. One of my best friends and I talk about all the time how much of a spiritual world we live in and how we are walking in a spiritual battle every single day. Like life is really hard. It just is like stuff happens every single day that upsets us, gets us on edge, steals our joy. Like it's hard. Choose someone who's going to point you back to Jesus every single time because we live in a, we live in a spiritual war and not only do you live in a spiritual war, but there's a spiritual war going on around you. And wouldn't you much rather have your marriage preparing you for that rather than pulling you away from that? If your goal at the end of the day is to bring people to Jesus, your partner needs to be on the same page about that. And I believe we are in a really interesting time in like the, like the earth, like things are just going mad right now. Like I'm not going to say we're in end times, but we might be. Things are checking off that need to happen before like the Lord comes back. And if that's the case, or even if it's not, you need to be ready to fight with your partner. It doesn't mean fight against. That means like go into battle with your partner. Because at the end of the day, that's what's happening in a marriage. You are fighting for the kingdom in that marriage. You're also glorifying the kingdom in that marriage. I don't think that's something that should be taken lightly at all. Take time and pray over your husband today or your wife. If you're a guy watching this, it makes a world of a difference. And I think you should prioritize that in your life, especially if you are in a season of waiting and you don't necessarily know what to do in that season of waiting. Start praying or even writing letters to your future spouse. That has honestly helped me a lot. And it's been a really cool thing. I know I said it again, but I'm just going to. Okay, guys, that is today's episode. Like I said, I totally recorded another episode and it did not go through. So technically I've recorded like three podcast episodes this week and I'm a little exhausted from it as much as this was fun. And so was the other episode I recorded. Oh, I guess I should tell you guys about it. I recorded an episode with my really good friend Callie and it went live now, now a day ago. So it went live yesterday on Wednesday and it was fantastic. So go check that out. It's called Healthy Bit Human Podcast. I will also link it below in the show notes for you guys to go check out. I will also be linking all of our socials. You can find our website at jesuspeopleplaces.com and then on Instagram at jesuspeopleplaces. Additionally, please, please, please leave us a review below. It helps us reach more people and it is so, so appreciated. I love you guys so much. I hope you have a great week. Okay, bye.